0: Thanks for checking out the Ascent Church Podcast. Our mission is to reach, equip, and impact others exactly where they are as we rise to new life in Christ. We hope that this message encourages you now. Here's Pastor Thomas Lane. Let's jump in. Let's set up the tension real quick. Cause it's the end of the year. Some of y'all love Christmas. Where are my Christmas lovers? Like you're like, yeah, like you're a little upset that Christmas music's about to end. Like you, you, you close the blinds and draw the shades and then you watch your Hallmark movies, you know, you but nobody can know about it because it's kind of weird to be doing that in February, March. But that's fine. That's fine. Some of y'all love that stuff. Who's who's glad it's it's over? We got a few Grinches. I'm cool with that. We got a few honest people. I'm fine with that. Some of y'all are done. You're done moving. You're done traveling. You're done spending money that you don't have. Okay, you're done doing the swipe, swipe. You're done. You just want a new year to start. I want you to know whatever category you find yourself in, this can be a place for you. This can be a home for you. This can be a place to connect. This can be your squad. This, this, this can be your people. And we're so glad that you're here today. We're going to take some time to reflect today. Are y'all okay with that? We're going to reflect. It's a naturally reflective time. It's funny. We almost naturally do it. We talk about New Year's resolutions. We look back at the year. Was it a good year? Was it bad? Did I accomplish the things I set out to do? And we're going to reflect through a passage in scripture about a guy named Simon, but he also went by Peter. He went by Peter, not this Peter. When I say Peter, some of y'all think of this Peter. That's not the Peter I'm talking about. Can anybody do the Peter laugh? Y'all are looking at me like, I've never seen Family Guy. Oh, you liars, you bunch of sinners. Okay, that's completely fine. Can anyone do the laugh? Yeah, we got a view. That's good. It sounded like a a sheep (laughs) or uh, someone snuck in a goat. Uh, That's cool. That's cool. Peter means rock. So Jesus met this dude and his name was Simon. He goes, no, 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 I'm going to call you Peter, which means rock. So when you think of Peter, I don't want you to think of Peter Griffin. I want you to think of this rock. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. Come on, baby. Rock. Peter was a fisherman, okay? He didn't have any of this weak equipment. He was hauling nets and doing stuff himself. He probably was a big dude. He probably was a big dude, but we're going to be reflective and turn to Luke 22. You can follow along with me if you brought your Bible. Cool. If you use YouVersion, the Bible app, you can hang out with us there. Just click Ascent Church, and we have all the notes loaded for you. You can take notes there, see all the scripture And everything ahead of time. Or you can just look right behind me. Because we want to keep it simple for you, baby. Because we love you. And we're glad you're here today. Luke 22, 29 through 34. Y'all ready to jump in? Let's go. Let's go. Jesus is speaking to the squad, to the disciples. And this is the Last Supper. Meaning this. This is literally (laughs) Jesus' last meal on earth. He gathers the squad. They're going to eat. They're going to spend some time together. And I think he's being reflective. He's sharing kind of some final thoughts. Some closing thoughts, because right after this, he knows what's going to happen. He's about to get arrested. He's about to have a sham trial. He's about to be killed. So he's giving them some final reflective thoughts. Follow me here. Luke twenty two twenty nine. 29. Jesus says this to the squad. He says, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me. What the heck does that mean? What does confer mean? We don't use that word. Some version said, I bestow upon you a kingdom. I grant you a kingdom. I appoint you to to have this kingdom. Jesus is saying it's something pretty heavy. It's a pretty heavy thing to reflect upon. Jesus is saying, look, God the Father in heaven trusted me with this kingdom, bringing this kingdom of God here to earth. And you know what? Now I'm gonna trust you with it. That's a heavy thing. That's a heavy weight. That's a heavy thing. Look what else he says. So that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Jesus is saying that God has plans for you. And I wanted to tell you today, God has plans for you because God gives us responsibility. I want to ask you, what is a piece of responsibility that God gave you in 2018? Now, you might not have seen it as such. It could have been a promotion or a new opportunity or a marriage or a child or something, but I want you to look at those a little differently. I don't want you to just see, yeah, I got a raise. Yeah, I got this. It's been a good business year. I want you to see it just as Jesus is speaking about this, that God trusts you with something. He appoints you to to really to steward it. That's a heavy thing. That's a heavy thing. Sometimes I sit back and think, God, can't you just do it yourself? Because with all due respect, wouldn't he do a better job? He would. He'd do a lot better job, man, because... It's a pretty stressful thing, Jesus saying, hey, God, God, my father gave me this thing to take care of, and now it's your job. But that's what he said. That's what he said. Like when it comes to parenting, God trusts you, if you're a parent, to parent your kids. I'm like, God, can't you just do it? We saw a creation, the way the Bible starts, right, is, is God comes to the dust, and he just pulls people up out of the earth. I'm like, God, can't you just do that? That sounds a little simpler than parenting. Or God, can you? maybe you can just take them when we're on a road trip or when we're in public cuz they're acting like little animals. Could you just maybe just take that? God trusts us with work. Work is hard, you know, but and if you look at creation, how does God create? He creates with his mouth. God could have easily just create things with his mouth, but he trusts you to have a job, to have oversight. Same thing. My like, God, can't you just do it? You can create things out of nothing. Why can't We just do that. Same with loving on people. Jesus says, I'm trusting you to love on people, to spread the message, to really bring this kingdom to earth. No no offense to the A-team, no offense to our volunteers, but Jesus might be able to love on people a little better than we can. All right? Probably preach a a better sermon, probably pour a stronger cup of coffee. All right? Probably high five a little better, no offense, greeter team. But it's the truth. Why, Why does he do that? I think the reason he does that is the same reason you give things for your kids to do. You may be able to do them faster. You may be able to do them better. But the reality is this, God wants you to grow. Just like you look at your children and you say, you're not gonna stay in this state. I want you to grow. I want you to mature. I want you to develop. God says the same for you. He says, I want you to grow. I'm gonna give you some things you may think are out of your hands. You're gonna have to rely on me for the power to accomplish them. God trusts us with great responsibility and i wanted to tell you today don't run from responsibility some of y'all embrace it but some of y'all are terrified of it you don't want the consequences i want to tell you if you run from responsibility you're by by default running from growth you'll never become the person god's made you to be the mother he's made you to be the father the follower of christ if you're constantly running from responsibility god wants us to grow he gives us great responsibility let's go on to verse 31 this is a high note, is it right? Jesus said, I trust you. I'm giving you some stuff. You're going to have a throne. You're going to have some drink. You're going to have some food. I'm excited. I want to hear more. Could you tell me a little a little bit more about that, Jesus? I don't mind. 31, look what he says. He says, Simon, Simon, that's this Peter guy. Simon, Simon, Satan, what? Has demanded, has asked to sift all of you as wheat. What? I thought we were talking about thrones and good stuff and a party. Satan wants to sift us as wheat. And the word you there in Greek isn't you, Peter. It's you, plural. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan's asked to sift all of you as wheat. If you're from Virginia, you might say all y'all. Okay? If I can do the, the, my, my version of the Bible, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all y'all as wheat. <laughs> Meaning this. Oh, you wanted to grow? You wanted to grow in your faith? Oh, you wanted that promotion? Oh, you wanted some kids? You wanted to step up? Two words for you. Get ready. Get ready. It's coming. It's coming. Turn to your neighbor. Tell them it's coming. It's coming. Turn your other neighbor, your second choice. Remember, your last pick. Tell them it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. I would have said, I would have said, Jesus, can we get back to the kingdom stuff? Tell me about my throne. Does it have diamonds on it? Does it swivel a little bit? Like, what's it like? What kind of food and drink are we having? What's on the menu? But Jesus doesn't want to talk about that. He wants to talk about something different. The point is this. We can't handle the responsibility if we remain the same. There has to be growth. There has to be a process. Let's discuss that process. Can we not? What on earth does it mean sifting like wheat? Do we have any farmers here. Do we have any people from (laughs) Pungo? Hashtag Pungo people. Hashtag farm to table. Anybody? No? Okay, nobody knows about sifting like wheat. I, I, I did a little research. Let me see, let me share with you what Satan was asking to do. Okay, so don't miss what's going on. Jesus says, I have some things I'm going to trust you with, but just so you know, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. What does that mean? The first step in the process of sifting wheat is to loosen the chaff from the edible grain, which is called threshing. So here's the point. You don't just go to a wheat field, grab wheat, and say, bread. Can't do that. There's a process. To get from that wheat to the delicious, warm Texas Roadhouse roll, amen. I didn't even mention the butter. Some of y'all just eat the butter. I see you steal it. It's fine. To get from that to this, there's a process. And the first step to get that wheat ready for what it was created to do so we can get to food, so we can get to, to it being a value of worth, is, is we, have to, we have to separate the chaff from it. What does that mean? Well, there's some stuff on that wheat which doesn't need to be there. And the first step for us to get from the field to the table with the delicious Texas Roadhouse Rolls is we got to get the chaff out of it. Meaning we got to remove the stuff that doesn't need to be there. Meaning God needs to remove those destructive thought patterns you have. He needs to remove those addictions that you thought were gone, but reared their ugly head a few weeks ago. He needs to get through that negative self-talk, that chatterbox that just won't seem to shut up. We got to remove that stuff. We got to remove that stuff. The sifting is how it comes into its created purpose. With the wheat, with you as a follower of Christ. The sifting is how it comes into its created purpose. It may not be clean, it may not be fun. It sounds pretty painful, but it's how it comes into its created purpose. So how do we do that? What does this process look like? Well, the old fashioned way to do this is to spread the wheat onto a floor made from stone or concrete and beat it with a flail. Say what? We're gonna get the wheat, We're going to dump it on the ground, and we're going to jump on it. So you're telling me Satan wants to stomp on my marriage? Yep. You're telling me Satan wants to tap dance on my joy? Yeah. You're telling me Satan wants to river dance on my finances? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. That's what this is saying. Does that sound encouraging? That sounds awful. That sounds painful. That sounds like Satan must be (laughs) gluten-free to take the wheat and just be so cruel to it. He's gotta be, he's gotta be, but that's not all. The next step is called winnowing where the loosened chaff is removed from the grain. Okay, the old-fashioned way is to throw it into the air where the lighter chaff is blown away by a decent breeze. The heavier grain falls back to the ground. I need a little illustration. Does anyone have a pitchfork? what do you know? There's one right here. Someone from Pungo must have been here earlier. Look at this. Look at this bad boy. I never knew this till I did my research, but I think this is why in cartoons, Satan always has a pitchfork. Never knew it. Have a master's degree. Never covered that. Okay. I think this is why. Because once you stomp on it, the chaff, the bad stuff isn't gone yet. There's more. Then you got to come along and you got to scoop it and toss it up into the air. And then let it fall. The the, the bad stuff, the chaff, that'll blow away and the good stuff will fall to the earth. Some of y'all can relate to that. That's how you feel. You feel like you've been stomped on. You feel like you've been just skewered and thrown up into the air. And this might mean something to you. I know I look like Aquaman. Do we have a picture of Aquaman? Oh, yeah. What do you think? A little bit? Was the movie any good? Worth seeing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Y'all don't seem too confident. I know I look like Aquaman, but look, this is what Satan wants to do and throw you up into the air. That's the process. That's the process. Don't miss what I'm saying. I know it's confusing. Satan wants to come along, stomp you, crush you, smash you, throw you up into the air and toss you around. But what remains is the good stuff, the pure stuff, the real stuff, the stuff that's, that's abused, the stuff that is created, how it is meant to be. That's what is remaining. And, y'all, this process may look like 2018 felt for you and your family. Maybe it felt like we were getting crushed. Maybe you felt like just when you were crushed and ready to go, you got stuck and thrown up into the air. Maybe that's how you feel. And you may think, God hates me. You may think, God has abandoned me. You may think, that thing I did, I did too much of it. God's finally turned his back on me. But what if God in his sovereignty and provision and protection and power, what if he has the last laugh? What if he has the last laugh? What if all this pain that was coming into your life actually had a purpose because I came to tell you God is not destroying you he's developing you God hasn't failed you he's fortifying you it's all just a process it's all just a process so much so when you look back on the stomping and the stabbing and the throwing in the air I think you will look back and you say you know what it was all worth it for the growth that I came into, it was all worth it. For the maturity, for the reliance on God, I think it was all worth it. Now, this gives us a different question, which you may be thinking, why does God allow this? The way Jesus phrases it, he says, Satan has asked to sift you like we. Ask who? Well, ask God. Why does God allow Satan to exist? Now, our view on this is this. God's over here. Satan's over here. Who's going to win? God's a little more powerful. He'll win in the end. That's not the biblical view at all. God is sovereign. Satan's under here. Even something Satan does, he has to get permission for it. He has to get permission for it. I don't know why God lets Satan run around for a little bit before he finally destroys him. I don't know that. But here's what I want you to know. If you struggle with this, this is a whole other sermon. But here's what I want you to know. Even Satan must operate within the sovereignty of God. Okay? You with me on that? God isn't unaware. He's not like, oh, where'd that come from? God is fully aware of everything that happens. I don't know why, but here's what I do know. Here's the final triumph of good versus evil. When evil comes into your life, if you submit to God, if you trust God, if you walk with God, God will take that evil and he'll use it for the opposite of what Satan intended. If you trust God, if you walk with him, if you submit your life to him, when evil comes into your life, God will use it for the opposite of what Satan originally intended. Our friend Tim Keller said this, he said, look, God will allow evil only to the degree that it brings about the very opposite of what it intends. You see, Satan wanted to drive you away from God, but Satan drove you right into the arms of the Father. Satan wanted to dismantle your prayer life, but Satan caused you to fall down on your knees in the presence of God. Satan wanted to make you miserable, but you found joy that no one or nothing can take away. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. The opposite. Something will come and try to destroy your marriage. And as a result, at the end of the day, if you walk with God, if you trust him, your marriage will be stronger than ever before. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I don't know why, but I know that's what he does. I know it's what he does. Verse 32, if you're following along. Jesus speaking, he says, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. This is a time of reflecting. Can we reflect a little bit? Let's reflect a little bit because y'all didn't answer me. let us I'll do some reflecting for us. These last two years have been tough, right? At the end of the year, we kind of look back and so our church is um, about 15, 16 months old, but the last two years have been tough. Helen and I left jobs um, in in Newport News. We lived there. We worked there. We left jobs. And we had no salary. We had no health insurance. Um, Really hoping and praying that this church would work because we felt God calling us to do so. We sold our house. We moved in with my parents, okay? And then we moved out into a rental over here. And then recently we moved into a different house. And all through that time, we had a toddler. Through a chunk of it, we were expecting a child and then little Dempsey was born. He's an awesome little dude. But as we reflect, we realize something. We've had stress and weight and burden like I've never seen before. We've had stress like I've never seen before, but we've also seen God work like I've never seen before. And I want to know, is it the same in your life too? Is it the same in your marriage? Is it the same in your finances? When you're most pressed, when you're most stomped, when you feel like you're getting jabbed and thrown into the air, that's often when God feels the closest, when he's doing the most, when we're growing the most, when his presence is most felt. Because when I look back, y'all, when I reflect back, I realize something. I'm better because it happened. I'm better because it happened. I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. I'm a better leader. I'm a better pastor. I'm a better, I'm better because it happened. Let me ask you, are you better because 2018 happened? Now, it maybe wasn't what you wanted. It maybe wasn't the plan that you wrote wrote in your journal. It maybe wasn't the dream, but I bet you're better because it happened. Verse 32 again, look at this. He says, This is Jesus talking. He says, But I've prayed for you, Simon. That's Peter. He said, Man, I've prayed for you. Satan wants to sift you. He wants to kick you. He wants to throw you up. That's a violent thing. Satan wants to do that. But you know what? I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Y'all, did you know that Jesus prays for you? That's a weird thought. Because we think of praying to, to Jesus, but scripture says that Jesus prays for us on our behalf. And he stands in front of the throne and he stands before the father and he prays for us. That's an amazing thought. That's an amazing thought. And in spite of that, you're still gonna fall. You're still gonna mess up. Now, I don't want that to upset you. I want that to give you hope because I think we should look at failure a little differently because there's a difference between failure and utter failure. There's a difference between failure and utter failure. Jesus is saying there's gonna be some hiccups There's going to be some mistakes. When you look back at 2018, you realize it wasn't exactly how you wanted it to to be. And Jesus implies here, he says, look, I have prayed that your faith won't fail. And when you've turned back, strengthen your brothers. He's implying, look, you're going to mess up. Because Peter has some issues. Peter was a racist. He was angry. He was aggressive. He spoke without thinking. He denied Christ three times. But Jesus said, I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to pick you up. The point to all this is this. The sifted becomes the strengthened but he doesn't stop there. The strengthened becomes the strengthener. Let me say that again. The sifted, that's Simon Peter, the sifted becomes the strengthened, and then the strengthened becomes the strengthener. Jesus is not okay leaving it at yourself, leaving it at your own personal development, leaving it at this. No, we are blessed to be a blessing to others, to serve the homeless with 99 for the one, to join the A team, greeting, security, A kids, to get involved. We are blessed We are strengthened to give strength for others. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. And Jesus, look, he can pray for you, but you're still going to mess up. But you need to realize this. Jesus knew that when he trusted you with his kingdom. Jesus knew you were going to mess up when he trusted you to be a parent. Jesus knew you were going to drop the ball when he gave you that job. He knew about it, but he does it anyway. Peter messed up a lot. He messed up a whole lot. He denied even knowing Christ. But look, Jesus knew it anyway, and he said, when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. Later in Peter's life, he, um, this is decades later, he writes a letter. We call that letter 1 Peter, and he's reflective in it. He's looking back, and he's reflecting. He wrote this later. He's got a new perspective. Let's read it together. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. He says, in all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, You may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. He's writing to a group that's getting stomped, that's getting stabbed and thrown into the air. He's writing to a group like that. These have come. These trials have come. These hardships, the sifting has come. So that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes, though refined by fire, may result in good things, praise, glory, and honor, Jesus Christ is revealed. Here's what Peter's saying. Peter says, Look, Jesus told me this process is like getting sifted like wheat. Peter says it is, but it's also like getting refined like gold. Do you know how gold is refined? You don't throw it on the ground and stomp on it and stab it with a with a pitchfork. No, no, no. It has to go through the fire, it has to go through the heat. And that is the only way that gold can be all it was made to be and do all that it was made to do. You gotta burn off the impurities, those addictions. Those idols, those dependencies, like gold, they must be burned off. Because look, Peter, he looks at suffering a little differently, does he not? He looks at it a little differently because it made him into the man of God he was made to be. And suffering, sifting, this process which none of you like, that is what makes you into the man or woman of God which you were created to be. When you look back on 2018, you may say, I regret this. I wish that it hadn't happened. That's where all your growth came from. That's the only, only thing all year that made you grow, that made you rely on him more, that made you stronger. See, everybody wants a testimony. Nobody wants to walk through the fire. Everybody wants to improve. Nobody wants to step through the flames. Everybody wants to make an impact. Nobody wants to feel the heat, but that's exactly what we need. It's the only way. It's the only way. Peter's saying, look, I've been sifted. I've had the heat and I know it's a bad thing, but you know what? It burns off everything impure. It's what makes my faith pure gold. That's what God is doing in your life. That's what he did in 2018. Who knows what he's up to in 2019. And don't miss where we're at. Remember where Jesus is at in all this story. They're at the last supper. They're at this time. Jesus is about to go and get killed, and he's actually going to die for the sins of humankind. Jesus said that he is the perfect son of God, that he came to earth, he lived the perfect life, he died the perfect death to reunite us to the Father. He took the sin of humanity on his shoulders and died to reunite us with God. And Jesus is talking a lot about, oh, we're going to be forgiven, he's going to restore Peter. Well, he's about to show us actually how that can happen. Because they're at the Last Supper and Jesus takes some bread. He breaks it. And he hands it to them. He said, this is my body. Take and eat. He's showing them, this is what is about to happen on the cross. I'm I'm about to be broken for you so you can be fulfilled, so you can move on, so you can be reunited with the Father. Then he takes the wine, he takes the cup. He poured it out for them. He told them to drink. He said, this is my blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. What you need to know is that Jesus got stomped down on the cross for me and for you. Jesus literally got stabbed in the, on the cross and he actually was held up into the air. He got sifted up there on the cross. Jesus Christ also passed through the fire. The full weight of God's eternal justice and judgment came down on his head on the cross so that you and I can be pure. So that you and I can stand in God's presence. That is the gospel. That is the good news. It's nothing we earn. It's something we receive. It's something that was done for us. We believe Jesus is on the move in Virginia Beach. And if you would like to learn more about who we are and our mission, follow us at Ascent Church 757 If you would like to give to further our mission to impact this city and beyond, you can do so at our website, AscentChurch.net. We hope to see you soon.